huge hello and a huge welcome to Book Choice, Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio. I'm your host, Paige Nick, and once a month or so, we welcome South Africa's three top publishers and South Africa's number one bookseller, Exclusive Books, into our studio to tell us about what they're publishing, what they're reading, and what they're selling right now, and also to give us a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look at how publishing works in South Africa. Each of the people we'll be hearing from today and their publishing teams spend their days and often their nights deciding what books to bring out, uh, working on publishing them, the production process, picking covers, picking paperweight, picking typefaces. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes in the world of book publishing. And we're so proud every month to invite them into the studio to hear what they've got going on right now on their desks. So we're going to start off the show this month with Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House, and he's going to take us through their latest stack of books. After that, we'll be joined by the team from Pan Macmillan, telling us about their favorite new titles, and they publish an awful lot of local and international fiction and non-fiction. Then we'll be joined by the Jonathan Ball Publishing team, and they always have a, a huge pile of books to talk about, and they often bring on authors to tell us about their latest books too. And at the end of the show, we'll welcome Batya Bricker to tell us about what she's been reading. Batya and I have quite similar reading tastes, so I always really look forward to her segment. And all of this book talk is going to be punctuated by some wonderful South African pianists playing some very well-loved tunes. And all the music on today's show has been curated and selected by Dave Wood and Rick Everett. And they generally pick a beautiful theme for us every month. So let's start with the first track. This one is called Fascination, and it's by Cliff Jones.
Welcome back. We're going to be joined now by Viz Chetty. And Viz is the sales manager at Penguin Random House. So Viz manages sales for all the big booksellers, exclusive books, bargain books, take a lot loot and, and all the main trade book outlets. They sell all the new titles into managers. They also work with marketing at the various advertising campaigns for book launches. And Viz is also a product manager. Many of the people you hear on today's show are product managers. And so they're very involved in what it takes to bring a book out. So uh, from concept stage to book design, cover design, and even release, and then at the launch. Um, they arrange those beautiful launches too. So that's kind of what Viz gets up to on a daily basis. And then he takes 10 minutes out of his day to join us once a month and tell us about what he's been busy releasing. Welcome to the show, Viz. Let's hear about Penguin's latest fiction, nonfiction, and children's books. Thanks, Paige. Thank you for having me. It's Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House. I am the uh, adult trade sales manager for the company. Every month I come to you with some of the best titles that we have, uh, some titles that are in-house favorites and uh, we love here at Penguin Random House. And this month I've got uh, a few new ones to share with you and I know you're going to like them. It's a good list. Um, I'm going to start off with a debut uh, novel called The Collected Regrets of Clover. Uh, by Mickey Bremer. This book has come into our orbit and it just, everybody just loves it. I don't know what it is, but if you read it, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you look at the story on the outset, it looks like it could be quite a somber story, but there's so much of hope and positivity and it's funny and irreverent. It's, it's such an amazing novel, Collected Regrets of Clover. So Clover Brooks is a death doula. And for those of you who don't know what that was, and I had to go look it up myself, it's someone who basically sees someone off in their last days. And how she came around to this, this kind of work was when she was very young, a kindergarten teacher passed away in their classroom. So she had a fascination with death already. And then years later, when she was in her early 20s, her granddad passed away. And then she decided that this is what she wants to do. So now she's a death doula. She's been doing it for a while. And Clover lives the life of everybody that she comes into contact with. And what I mean by that is she has these folders where, like she has a folder for regrets and confessions and advice. There's three different folders. And if she hears uh, one of her patients say, oh, you know, I wish I had oh, I wish I had bought the best soap that I could buy. And she would go out and go buy the best soap and use it and see what. So she would live other people's wishes. And the problem with that is she, you kind of forget what living your own life would be like. And that's what the novel is about. It's about Clover finding herself amidst all this and finding out who she really is. It's an amazing debut novel. We're so proud of it. So that book is Collected Regrets of Clover by uh, Mickey Bremer. Right. The next one is The Little French Village Book, Little French Village of Book Lovers by Nina George. Uh, she is the author of The Little Paris Bookshop. You might have read that. It was a delightful little novel that came out years and years ago. Uh, and she's back with a brand new one. This one is set in the 1960s in France, in Provence. And our main character, Mary Jean, has a special gift. She can basically see the effects that love has on people. So she actually sees a physical marking on people and she kind of plays Cupid and um, links people up together. So it's quite a sweet story. And she has this power and she has had a very tough life. She's grown up, she was orphaned at a very young age and she was taken in by this wonderful couple um, and they eventually open up this traveling library on a boat and they go from town to town. And that's sort of how Marie-Jeanne um, travels around and she sees all these people and the problem is 
again, so just as with Clover, after a while and she links up all these people, the question is, will she find love? That's what the book is all about. So it's a, another delightful little novel. Uh, it's a great little uh, poolside read of you if you just want to relax. Um, this is a great book to read. So that's Nina George. The book is called The Little French Village of Book Lovers. The next one is a South African novel, also a debut by uh, Jane Fanerit. It's called How to Hide Inside a Three. And um, it centers around a, a woman approaching middle age. Her name is Leanne. And she has three really big issues right now. One is with her father. The other one is with her work. And the other one is with her husband. Uh, and it's really strange because she's coming to terms with so much, so many different things, so many things unanswered that she wants answered in terms of her relationships um, and things like that. And she does this really quirky thing where she puts, she creates these lists of three and it basically allows her to make sense of the world that she's living in. So it's quirky, it's a bit funny, but it's also quite eye-opening as well. And it's a debut novel by Jane van der Riet. And I think it's a really great debut novel. And I think uh, if you pick it up, again, just as the previous two books, it always leaves you with a great message. And uh, we're very happy with this one as well. The book is called How to Hide Inside a Three by Jane van der Riet. It's a debut novel by our local author. Right. And the next one is uh, a brand new cookbook, actually, that we brought up. It's uh, it's just now hitting stores. Uh, it's called Blackouts and Bourbourse. If you um, follow the work of the Beer Country Boys, we did two books with them so far. It was Beer, beer Country, Food, Fire, Beer, and then we did um, Pots, Pans and Poities. Now, both these books were fantastic books to have. And in terms of Briar books, there's no better authors than these two young gentlemen. So this new book, Blackouts and Bourbourse, came about with, as you would expect, from load shedding. And people maybe were looking at uh, alternatives to when the power goes out, you can have a lot of fun with your food. So that's where the idea for the book came but over and about the the prior recipes there's amazing recipes on sauces and sides and condiments they call them flavor bombs and we're so proud of this book it's a little little format book that's out now but it's really well put together delicious recipes delicious sides and that's blackouts and Borbos by the beer country boys so you'll probably find it in stores within the next week all right and then the, the next one is um a non-fiction title i decided to throw in some non-fiction this time so peter atias outlive you might have heard about it already, but I just wanted to give it a mention because there are so many people out there who um, ha have been talking about this book and picking it up and, and, and recommending it to people. Peter Attia took six years to write this book. He's a trained uh, physician. He's a trained doctor, and he's been writing it. And obviously, uh, he needed to bring this book to a commercial market for you and I to, to understand. So he kept having to rewrite certain chapters. And so the book has been a long time coming. But I will say... It's a real masterpiece when it comes to health, longevity, and what vitamins to take, uh, what exercises to do, um, things you can do to prevent injuries as you get older, that's, that sort of thing. It's a really, really great book on that subject matter. And he somehow has managed to condense all this knowledge that he has into this one book, which is really accessible for you and I. Um, so if you haven't had a look at it, you might want to have a look at it. It's Peter, Dr. Peter Atia's Outlive, and that's out right now. Right. And then the last one, big news. Big news. You might have seen it in the media. You might have seen it on online, on Instagram, or wherever it is, or whoever you follow. It's The Return of Terry Hayes, the author of I Am Pilgrim. Now, I'm not going to give too much of the story in this, but I will say it's a massive release this year. And you should look out for it. It's coming in November, and we cannot wait for this to come. It's a long, long, long awaited follow-up to I Am Pilgrim, which, which became an all-out spy classic. 
thriller. It was a really great novel. This one is just as enticing. It's just as uh, entertaining. And uh, Year of the Locust is the name of the book. Look out for it in November. I will give you more information as the months go on. But um, yeah, I just wanted to give that a mention because it's such a big release for the book industry in general. So um, please, please look out for that. And that's about it for my list for this month, Paige. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. All these books we've tried, we've read, we love. Uh, so I, I hope that you go out there and love them too. So that's it from me signing off. Bye-bye. Thank you, Verse and the Penguin Random House team for that fantastic selection of books. For more info on any of the titles that Viz mentioned or any of the other books that Penguin Random House bring out every single month, you can visit penguinrandomhouse.co.za or you can follow them on social media. Just look out for Penguin Random House South Africa. And now for some music. This is Smoke Gets in Your Eyes by Albie Lowe. Welcome back. As I said, that was Smoke Gets in Your Eyes by Albi Lowe. You're tuned into Book Choice, Publishers' Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. And we're chatting to South Africa's top publishers and South Africa's favorite bookseller, Exclusive Books, 
about what they've got coming out in the next few weeks. The next publisher to join us on today's show is Pan Macmillan. Now, these guys publish everything from big-name international authors to big-name local authors and everything in between. So I want to welcome the Pan Macmillan team, which is headed up by Nkanyezi Shabalala, who's head of communications at Pan Macmillan. Nkanyezi manages just about every single launch. She's also really involved in the kind of books that they're selling into bookstores. I'm really looking forward to hearing about what Nkanyezi's been reading and what the rest of her team have been producing this month. Welcome to the show, Nkanyezi. Hello, and welcome to this segment of Book Choice brought to you by Pan Macmillan. My name is Nganyezi and I am absolutely delighted to be back speaking to you about what we love most at Pan Macmillan, books, books and more books, our authors too. Um, before I start, as always, thank you very much to Paige Nick and the team at Fine Music Radio, first and foremost for giving us the platform to discuss our books, but also making us sound really good and professional while we do it. So I am going to start um, with some of the books that the team have been reading that are currently in the market um, that we've thoroughly enjoyed and we are still enjoying. And then I'll move on to stuff that you can look forward to for the beginning of September. So the first book on my list, Christy Left Terry. She wrote the absolutely beautiful beekeeper of the beekeeper of, of Aleppo, which has gone on to sell millions of copies and I think really sort of she burst into the essay literary scene with that title. She is an international um, author and she's published by Bonnier Books. But I think it was the first book from Christie that we truly just got to experience not just the giftedness of her storytelling, but a phenomenal writer who can tell true life events. While well, her books are inspired by true life events, which she then fictionalizes but she can tell true life events like no one else can. And she writes these truly touching and intimate and delicate stories about characters and people and places, as I said, inspired by true life events, but the plots generally don't follow what's happened. But she manages to humanize really tragic real life situations um, so the Book of Fire, which is Christy Lefteri's more recent book that released in August in our market, is it explores not only the damage wrought by human folly, but also and ultimately our powers of redemption and renewal. So she's used the Greek fires, which um, some of you will have read, unfortunately, uh, there was recently, when I say recently in August, there was reportage of some fires that had started up again in Greece. And she uses that event as the center of her story and weaves this wonderful narrative of two families, one of them a local family, so from Greece, and then a family from England that is based in Greece and how they navigate not just the trauma and the damage of the fire, but also the loss afterwards and also trying to make sense of difficult relationships and family dynamics, which are happening simultaneously. Often life doesn't pause for us to handle sort of chaotic external events while we're wrestling our own internal battles. But Christy is a gifted writer. She again has crafted a magnificent novel um, and it is set in Greece. It's set in the Greek, a tiny Greek island, Irene. And sorry, not Irene. Irene is one of the main characters. 
Um, it, it is set in a tiny Greek island, and it's just a beautiful story about how we rebuild not just our external, but our relationships and our lives after we suffer something truly traumatic. So that is The Book of Fire by Christy Lefteri. I encourage you, this is the ultimate Christmas gift. We were having this conversation in office about the importance of writing or reading rather literature. And a colleague of mine, Robin Porteous, she wrote a wonderful article just speaking about how reading literature also gives you emotionally the ability to process and to understand real life events. I think we have a library of authors who do it phenomenally well. Christy Lefteri is one of our own. So of course, I'm going to talk about her books. And I just, I encourage you to pick it up. There is a humanity to her writing, an intimacy to her writing, a beauty and a craftedness that she only she's capable of. So that is The Book of Fire. If you would like to pick up her previous title, that is The Beekeeper of Aleppo. There is one other title that I would like to mention just very briefly, and that has already published. That is A Small Stubborn Town, Life, Death and Defiance in Ukraine by um, Andrew Harding. The name should be familiar to most of you, if not all of you. Andrew Harding is a, well, has been a BBC correspondent for many, many years. I think it's three decades now. Um, and he's written a book that really paints a very clear, um, stunning portrait of the war in Ukraine. I'm not saying the war is stunning, but just it, it inserts you in the event. It inserts you in the in the lives of the men and women who are affected by the invasion of the Russians in Ukraine. Um, and it tells a remarkable story about a small community who are, are ready to defend their town. So that is a small a stubborn town by Andrew Harding. And that is the end of the books that we have published this month. Moving on to what's coming, what's new and what's uh, out there for you to look forward to. We have a brand new title from Wilbur Smith, the legend himself, and it is a new novel in the Ancient Egypt series called Testament. I think the last one was the Titans of War that released, if it was not beginning of this year, end of last year. Anyway, Testament is his brand new novel, and it is set in ancient Egypt. There are themes rather of Egyptian mythology. It's true, fun brilliantly written historical adventure fiction, you know, the way that only Wilbur Smith can. He is, he's no longer with us, but the master storyteller has left us a legacy of books to look forward to. And Testament is the new title releasing this September. It is an epic new novel of ancient Egypt from the master of historical adventure, Wilbur Smith. And this is one of my favorite shout quotes from the Times. Wilbur Smith is one of those benchmarks against whom others are compared. Indeed, he is. I'm sure many of us have avid Wilbur Smith fans in our family. I certainly do. And I will be getting everyone a copy. The Testament by Wilbur Smith will release in September. And then for something uh, local, again, another treat, another master storyteller, Craig Higginson has a new book, um, and this is The Ghost of Sam Webster, at once a murder mystery, a war novel, and a moving investigation into what it is to be human. I am trying to get uh, Craig Higginson, Higginson excuse me, on the next time to 
speak about his his book. As you know, we had the wonderful Kate Moss speak about the ghost ships the last time. And it's just truly, it's, it's such a gift and a treat to hear from the authors themselves. So Craig Higginson has written, again, a phenomenal novel, and it's written in his stark and indelible prose. It's a novel that plunges into the darkest recesses of human endeavor and emerges with an irrepressible humanity and hard-won hope. Just to give you a bit of context about this one, Daniel Hawthorne is drawn to Zululand by the ghost of Sam Webster, a 17-year-old girl who went missing from her family's luxury lodge and whose body was seen a week later on the Buffalo River. And as Daniel tries to get to the truth of what might have happened to Sam, he also starts to write the story of his disgraced ancestor, Lieutenant Charles Hawthorne, the notorious coward who was accused of three who was accused of three times abandoning his fellow men at the height of the conflict during the Battle of Isandlwana in 1879. Nothing is as it seems, however, as Daniel gains access to the carefully concealed secrets of his ancestor and of the whole Webster family, lines between betrayal and loyalty, love and hate, cowardice and moral courage become blurred. As I say, I will definitely have Craig Higginson on next month to speak about his new book. It is a literary event anytime Craig releases something new, publishes, and we publish something new. Um, the Book of Gifts, you will all remember, did so phenomenally well. So the new title by Craig Higginson, The Ghost of Sam Webster, is on your shelves this month. Thank you once again to Paige, Nick and the team. This has been phenomenal. We love speaking about our books and we love the opportunity to do so. Um, and thank you all for your time and for listening. I hope you go out and you buy the new Wilbur Smith Testament and, of course, the Ghost of Sam Webster by Craig Higginson. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Nkanyezi and the whole Pan Macmillan team. To find out more about all of Pan Macmillan's titles, or if you want to research any of the titles they just mentioned, you can visit panmacmillan.co.za or you can follow them online on all their social media handles. All these publishers live on social media. So if you want to hear about what's coming out, if you want to hear about events that are happening, they even give away books. You might be able to win a book or two. Just look out for them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. So we're ready for another track now. And this is Somewhere Out There by Ken Higgins.
That was Somewhere Out There by Ken Higgins, and you're tuned into Book Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. This is a special edition of Book Choice because it's Publisher's Choice, which means we've invited a whole group of publishers and South Africa's favorite bookseller to come on the show and tell us about what they've been busy with this last month. So our next segment is with Jonathan Ball. They're one of South Africa's most loved publishing houses. They've been publishing great fiction and also the most excellent nonfiction since 1976. In fact, they specialize in local nonfiction. So if there's a fantastic nonfiction South African title on your shelf, there's a good chance that it's likely to have been published by Jonathan Ball. So welcome back to the show, to the Jonathan Ball publicity team. We're looking forward to hearing about what you've been reading. Thanks, Paige. And hello, everyone. It's Jennifer here from the publicity team at Jonathan Ball. Um, so I'm just going to run you through some of the August highlights from our local publishing and then also a couple from our international lists. And I'll dive straight in. So first off, we're thrilled to have another book from Sam Big Bessinger, the best-selling author of How to Manage Your Money Like an Effing Grown-Up. Uh, Sam made a move to the UK not long ago, and she is now sharing the ins and outs of how to make the big move with readers, looking to do the same in an end-to-end guide, all told in her often hilarious and always very relatable and accessible style. It's called Moving to the UK. And um, this book is for anyone who's totally overwhelmed by the information coming at them after a Google search or riddled with anxiety and baffled by the seemingly endless visa requirements. Um, Sam is going to take you step by step from the practicalities of finding a job and a place to live um, right through to embracing the many cultural quirks of British life. So that's Moving to the UK by Sam Vic Bessinger, and you can find it on shelves now. Next, for all the rugby fans, we are thrilled to have released not one but two new rugby books, which will be excellent reading leading up to the World Cup. First is Insights into the World Cup by Nick Mallett, the former Springbok player and coach. And um, the book is co-authored by Lloyd Bernard, who is sports editor of News24 and also the author of a book called Miracle Men, How Rossi's Springboks Won the World Cup. And the Rugby World Cup is, of course, the pinnacle tournament for players, coaches and fans alike. And this book will bring readers up close to Nick's invaluable perspective and his deep insights, having analysed and debated rugby for over 30 years. Uh, Nick is known for his brilliant and often quite forthright commentary which is gathered here in a collection of his ideas, his opinions and anecdotes for the coming World Cup. And I believe some predictions feature as well. And then the other rugby book that we've released this month is called On Cunt by journalist Hendrik Hunker. And he's crossed the country to speak to legendary Springboks and other role players in rugby, including coaches and a referee about their love for the game. And they share their private locker room moments, personal triumphs. There are a lot of previously unpublished stories in this book about what happens often on the field and on tour. Um, so these are stories that are heartfelt and heartening, and one or two of them might even make the toughest rugby fans out there shed a tear. Uh, for now, the book is only available in Afrikaans, and it's on shelves at the moment. And now moving to some international titles, um, starting off on the fiction side of things. Um, a novel I'm personally very excited about is The Beasts of Paris by Steph Penny. This is a sweeping and epic historical fiction 
featuring a cast of memorable and complex characters who find connection and hope in terrible circumstances. It's set in Paris during the build-up to the Franco-Prussian War of 1870. Um, and our cast of characters are Anne, who is a former patient of a women's asylum and is trying to carve out a new life for herself. And then we have Lawrence, who is desperate to spread his wings and develop his talents as a photographer and escape the restrictions of his puritanical Canadian upbringing. And then lastly, we have Ellis, who is an American army surgeon and has lived through the trauma of the American Civil War and will do anything to avoid further violence. Um, so we join this cast of characters and others uh, who keep the company with the restless beasts of the Paris menagerie. And they meet, they fight their demons, they lose their hearts, and they rebel in a city under siege. And then changing gears slightly towards the more heart-pounding territory, we have a new novel from Ruth Ware, and it's called Zero Days. So for this one, think Mr. and Mrs. Smith meets the fugitive. It's about a woman in a race against time to clear her name and find her husband's murderer. So our lead character is Jack, um, and we meet her and her husband, Gabe, and they are hired by companies to break into buildings and hack security systems, and they are the best specialists in the business. Um, but after a routine assignment goes horribly wrong, Jack arrives home one day to find her husband dead. And it soon becomes clear to her that the police have only one suspect in mind, and it's her. Uh, the only way to clear her name is to go and find her husband's real killer. But everyone she knows suspects her, so who is she supposed to trust? She also has the police and the killer after her, and her time is running out fast. Um, so this is one for anyone who loves an action-packed and pacey psychological thriller. Ruth Ware is magnificent in this genre and do look out for her books um, and this one is brand new and on shelves at the moment it's called zero days and then on to some contemporary fiction we have forgotten on sunday by valerie perrin uh, this is about 21 year old justine uh, who has lived with her grandparents and cousin jules since the death of her parents uh, she's working as a carer at a retirement home, and she's spending most of her days listening to her residents' stories. Over time, she forms a bond with Helena, um, an almost 100-year-old resident, and the two women slowly reveal their stories and their lives to one another. Um, Justine helps Helena to relive her memories of love and war, and Helena encourages Justine to confront the secrets of her own past and to reckon with the loss of her parents, which she's buried deep within. But everything changes one day when trouble arrives in the form of a mysterious phone call, which shakes the retirement home to its core and uncovers a shocking revelation. So this is at once melancholic and humorous story of past, present and undeclared love and friendships across generations. And then I've got two fantastic nonfiction picks as well. Um, starting with some Roman history, we have Pax by Tom Holland. So Pax is the third in a trilogy of books on the history of the Roman Empire. The series began with Rubicon and continued with Dynasty. And now we arrive at the period which marks the apogee of the Pax Romana. So the narrative features many of the celebrated episodes in Roman history, the destruction of Jerusalem and Pompeii, the building of the Colosseum and Hadrian's Wall, Pax gives a portrait of Rome, the great white shark of the ancient world, at the very pinnacle of her greatness. 
So for anyone who hasn't read Tom Holland before, he actually started his career writing gothic horror novels about vampires, which was set in various time periods throughout history. But he's best known for his work on classical and medieval history and on the origins of Islam. Um, he's also developed and hosted a number of BBC historical documentaries and co-hosts the popular and very entertaining podcast, The Rest is History, with fellow historian Dominic Sandbrook. So I highly recommend checking this out, as well as finding yourself a copy of Pax, which is on shelves now. And to end off, we have Madly Deeply, The Diaries of Alan Rickman. So this is a rare invitation into the mind of the great Alan Rickman, who is, of course, one of the most magnetic and beloved performers of our time. Uh, from his breakout role in Die Hard to his outstanding, multifaceted performances in the Harry Potter films, Robin Hood, Love Actually, if you can forgive him for breaking Emma Thompson's heart, he really was a legendary and world-class actor. Um, his air of dignity and that enchanting voice, the wit and charm he brought to every performance was really something extremely special. And all of this wasn't just confined to his performances. His diaries here detailed the extraordinary and the ordinary, flitting between worldly and witty and at times gossipy. Uh, while remaining utterly candid throughout. He takes us inside his home on trips with friends across the globe and on the sets of films and plays ranging from Sense and Sensibility to Noel Coward's Private Lives to the final film he directed, which was A Little Chaos. Uh, the diary entries range from 1993 up until his death in 2016 and provide a singular insight into the great man's public and private life. Reading them, you can expect to get close up with Rickman, the consummate professional actor, but also the friend, the traveler, the fan, the director, the enthusiast, and in short, the man beyond the icon. So that is Madly Deeply, The Diaries of Alan Rickman. And I'll be ending off here, although there are just so many more great August reads, so I could go on indefinitely. But that's it for now, and I'll look forward to sharing an excellent lineup of reads for September next time. Bye for now. To keep up with Jonathan Ball's latest book news, book events, updates, new releases, and as I said before, giveaways, you can visit jonathanball.co.za. You can also follow them on all the social medias, as I mentioned, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. You know, Jonathan Ball also have a podcast. It's called PageCast. And they bring you the story behind the story. So this gives you a chance to delve deeper into their authors and into the books they're publishing. It's a really great podcast and you can find it wherever you stream your podcasts. Are you ready for another song? Next up is Kitten on the Keys by Yarpy Human.
That was a fun track. Next up and last on the show, we welcome Batya Bricker. Batya is the general manager of Books and Brands at Exclusive Books. Like I said, Batya and I read quite similarly, so I definitely always look forward to her reviews and I have a pen handy so I can write down any titles that I may have missed. And same for you, if you've missed any of the titles on today's show or something sounded interesting to you but you don't remember what it was called or who the author was, this show appears as a podcast on our website, fmr.co.za, or of course, if you download our app, the FMR app, then you can listen to the podcast of today's show as well. So welcome to the show, Batya Bricker from Exclusive Books. Tell us about some of your favorite titles that you think are going to be flying off the shelves this season at Exclusive Books. September, Heritage Month, Exclusive Books celebrates home brew. That's home, brew. My name is Batya Bricker, the GM of Books and Brand for Exclusive Books. We all know the way a story begins, once upon a time or maybe in a land far, far away. Homebrew 23 takes these classical booklines and injects them with South African flavor, using quintessential South African expressions and typical visuals of our country to create new book covers. The result is a fresh way to start a story. So we have Once Upon a Now Now, Once Upon a Dorpy, on a place not so far away. When words, our words, can reframe the unique South African experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It gives it a unique flavor and a familiar feel that feels like home. Homebrew is always a highlight of the exclusive books calendar. It gives us an opportunity to focus and celebrate homegrown, written, and published books and shine the spotlight on South African writers and their writing with no distractions for a full month. The Homebrew selection features 54 South African books. South Africa captured in our very own words and our very own way. History, fiction, biography, current affairs and business are all covered in the selection. Whatever bit of the South African literary landscape you would like to explore, it's in this year's homebrew. To give you a feel, many of the books are self-reflective and critical, as they should be at this challenging time of our country's trajectory. Sindhuwe Magona's I Write the Yawning Void, Black Racist Bitch by Tandiswe Nchinga and Nahama Brody's Domestic Terror all offer self-reflection, a better understanding of the issues and a way forward. Motherhood and the role of mothers in society is under scrutiny in books like Louisa Zondo's Dearest Mariki, Prison Child by Felicia Hurson, and The Girl Who Survived Her Mother by Moshititatari Lechlomela. It's a delight to include children's books in this year's selection of homebrew. The charming Zandi song by Zandile Nglovu for younger readers, some strong YA options, for the first time, I might add, and varied non-fiction. Rian Mance's My First Wild Island Adventure, also available in Afrikaans, and Jan Bry Jr., which brings a South African icon to, to younger readers. We simply couldn't celebrate Homebrew and Heritage Month without including some delicious choices in local cookery. Fatima Sido's Cape Malay Cooking, Karen Dudley's Onwards, and Feed My Tribe by Mumela Setatati. These are some of the titles served up at the Homebrew table. The wide range of Homebrew fiction is rooted very much in the physical place in which we live, and the books hail from all four corners of South Africa. I love how place is sometimes so strong a character, such a strong aspect 
of a book, location so seminal to the story that it actually becomes a character in of itself. Cape Town becomes the protagonist in Vernon's head on the wave of gulls. You may know Vernon's lyrical prose from his previous book, The Search for the Rarest Bird in the World. In this one, Hieronymus Foss is an overweight white architect who has fallen on hard times. He is married to the beautiful black British Caribbean woman, and although he hates the ocean, his practice has, until recently, been doing very well by designing glitzy millionaire's mansions on the Atlantic seaboard. Hui is a homeless man, recently arrived from the Kalahari, with a patchy grip on reality. He thinks he's the moon, and he wants to teach himself to swim so that he can reach Robin Island and fulfill a promise. The third narrator is Calypso, a female seagull who needs to find a mate and lay an egg to pass on her legacy and her identity. By times heartbreaking and thrilling, this unforgettable novel propels the author into the lives of the novel's three main characters, throwing light on living and being in Cape Town. Eben Fenter's Decima, in English and Afrikaans, takes us to the dusty, dry felt of the Eastern Cape. A mountain of flesh she is, this Decima, as she lies. She summons her strength to rise, all four feet on sand and shale. Puffs twirl and settle as her toes find their place. Three on each foot, Decima stands. Decima, a magnificent black rhinoceros cow, mother to Tandeka, herself plumped up with calf. Decima and her crash of rhinos await the birth of a new baby. But Decima still recalls how she became an orphan many seasons ago, and the tensions mount with each passing moon. With the story of the rhino matriarch and her kin come the various characters that impact on their lives. Poachers, their clients, those who practice traditional medicine, also those calling to protect the animal. Eben Fenter's book, a creative blend of autofiction, animal fable, mystery and scientific inquiry, is an urgent plea to save one of Earth's mega herbivores. Using numerous voices, Decima is a moving and thrilling lament to loss in its many guises. And then, for those of us who call Joburg home, or perhaps those who once did, you will be mesmerized by this. The rollicking Daisy de Melka by Ted Buerta, a biography that reads like fiction. It's already flying off the shelves with a host of colourful, seedy, scandalous characters, not least of which is Ragtime Joburg, a city of murder, mayhem and gold. Ted Buerta takes the reader into the underbelly of Johannesburg in the 1920s and 1930s as he traces the fascinating story of the mysterious Daisy Demelka, who was hanged for poisoning her son. Many also believed she poisoned two husbands for their life insurance money. In the shadow of ever-growing mind dumps, she went about her business quietly and unnoticed, the most unlikely of killers. And even though people close to her kept dying, no one suspected a thing for 20 years. When someone finally spoke up, it led to one of South Africa's most sensational trials. Demelka's story unfolds in tandem with those of almost unbelievable Johannesburg characters of the same period, like the Foster Gang, Herman Charles Bosman, the dashing conman Baron von Veltheim, 
and a Bonnie and Clyde-style couple, Dickie Malaleu and Gwen Tolpit. Some cross paths with each other, and also those of famous writers of the era, such as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Sarah Gertrude Millen. I could not put this true crime classic down. It is a page-turner. Down at the Jika Jika Tavern is written by the amazing Ashling McCarthy, who uses her work, both her writing and her art, to fund an NPO in Zululand for social change. She calls KZN home. Student anthropologist Nontlen Gubani is home for the summer holidays. Within a week, the calm is shattered when the unthinkable happens. Her father, a game ranger, is arrested for rhino poaching. It's a crime she believed he'd never commit, or could he? Nontlen wants to help prove that her father is innocent, but she's out of her depth. Yet, when the evidence against her father starts stacking up, and help is too slow for her liking, she knows she must act. She takes matters into her own hands and unwittingly sets in motion a chain of events, events that find her fighting for her father's innocence, but also for her life. And then beyond South African borders is Lauren Bukas. Her fantasy novel, Zoo City, was published in 2010, and it was a phenomenon. In fact, Bukas became a phenomenon herself. We debated whether Lauren qualified for the homebrew selection. She lives in America now and she has made it on the international stage. But as she is South African born, she is truly a homebrewed treasure that we can be proud of. And so she is on the list. Her new novel is called Bridge. In infinite parallel universes, there's a version of you who already has everything you ever wanted. But 24-year-old dropout Bridge is paralyzed by all the lives she could have lived, the choices she could have made, and now, whoever she's supposed to be in the wake of her mother's premature death. They always had a complicated relationship. Joe was the teenage runaway turned maverick neuroscientist who threw everything away chasing an impossibility, a mysterious artifact, the dream worm, that allows you to switch between realities. And now she's dead, and any chance of reconciliation with her, dead too. But is Joe really gone? Or only in this universe, a fantasy epic across time and space. So whether you are physically based in Cape Town, KZN, Eastern Cape, Joburg, or even beyond, home is home. And whether it's understanding, inspiration, or recipes we seek, exclusive books, that's home, brew, the homebrew selection of 2023 is the perfect place to find it. Thank you to Butter Bricker. As I mentioned, she's the general manager of books and brands at Exclusive Books. And as you know, if the book you seek does truly exist, all you need to do is ask at your local Exclusive Books, or you can also look online at exclusivebooks.co.za. And that brings us to the end of our show today. From me, your host, Paige Nick, I always want to thank Mzuma Keta for building today's show. Also, I have to thank all our publishers, Jonathan Ball, Pan McMillan, and Penguin Random House, as well as our favorite bookseller, Exclusive Books, for joining us and taking the time to tell us about what they're publishing. We'll be back with our regular book choice show packed with reviews and interviews in two weeks' time. Until then, happy reading. And we're playing out with The Way You Look Tonight by Tersha Downey.